0: Hey guys, it's Joel Smith. I'm back at the New York Film Academy Hour, and I'm really excited because usually we talk to you guys about films and storytelling and crafting, and we're going to touch on that today, but we're also going to talk about what do you do with your film after it's done? Once it's in the can, where does it go? Cricket Rumley joins us to tell us all about film festivals, how to get in, how to make your film more appealing, and what you can do during production to be ready for the festival. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome to Popcorn Talk Featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews so
0: Popcorn starting. Talk We talk movie Hey guys That sound is the lovely tones of Moana Which I'm actually really excited Cricket dip. Uh If you follow us on our Instagram LA page You'll soon see uh, a throwback Thursday When we had one of the creators of Moana Come in and talk to our students Which was like a way cool day This is one of my favorite songs from the film You just gave a final on
1: Moana yes I did best class ever oh yes and the students thanked me afterwards they were like (laughs) I love that movie so much thanks for making me watch it twice and do an exam on it one of them sent me a thank you email about life lessons learned from Moana I was so touched Joelle that
0: is the sweetest thing I've ever heard Oh my gosh! Uh, I'm Jewel Smith, your host. I'm happy to be back in the seat. Uh, this is Cricket Rumley. Hi, Cricket, guys. Can you please remind me of your official title at
1: the school? My official title is film festivals liaison and advisor, mm-hmm. and I'm also a full-time screenwriting instructor at the yes. school. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I want to start right at the top by
0: asking you the same question we always ask our first-time guests, oh, which is, dear. when did you know that you were in love with movies?
1: Oh, this is a (laughs) crazy story. I love crazy stories. This is actually a crazy story. So, I grew up in an era and a place where we didn't go to movies a lot. And um, I saw this movie as a kid, Romancing the Stone. Yes! Yes!
0: So good! (laughs) Yes.
1: So... Um the reason that I am sitting before you today Joel is because of romancing the stone starring Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Um so I saw that movie as a kid. My sister and I loved it so much. We were like romance, action, adventure, Danny DeVito. <laughs> what can go wrong? Alligators. It's true. Um And I wanted to be a journalist, so Ah. I thought I wanted to be an international journalist in Latin America. I did my junior year abroad in Bogota, Colombia. You really took this movie to heart. I went to Bogota, Colombia because Joan Wilder in Romancing the Stone went to, not to Bogota, (laughs) she went to Cartagena. Yes, I went to Colombia because of a movie.
0: That is amazing. And also, I know you're not the only person to do that. I
1: know I'm not the only person. (laughs) But that year, it was so fascinating. It was really cheap to go to the movies. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I don't think it's like this now, but at that time, whatever was in local theaters was about six to eight months behind the U.S. And it was like a dollar a movie.
0: I love that price. Right? Yes.
1: And... It also was um, they, the Museum of Modern Art in Bogota had amazing series. So I Ooh. got to see all these amazing films like Apocalypse Now and Clockwork Orange. And um, I remember seeing hair in uh, screened wow. in 35 millimeter at this museum in Colombia. And then I also realized I would be a terrible journalist because I don't, really like facts
0: <laughs> Forget, yes i understand entirely
1: joelle is a journalist guys i am a writer i like emotion. but i'm a pop culture journalist so i like semi-facts i was like i can't do facts i like the way people feel in conflict and argument and escalation so i knew i could not go to j school i had to go to film school Okay, so wait, you yep. go to Columbia and you start studying to become a journalist. Yes, and I did a, an internship with a CNN affiliate, and oh, wow. it was really cool, so you, and I was just like, get me to a film school, You get please. pretty far, but you're like,
0: screw these facts, mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell stories. I'm done with flat facts, flat facts. <laughs> All of it, just All throw it, it in the trash can. Uh, so, film school, is, is it immediately screenwriting? Or are you thinking of becoming a director? How do you choose a concentration?
1: Um, well, the crazy thing is that I got into Columbia University after Columbia, I went to <laughs> Columbia, and they didn't require you to do that. Oh, Not the first year, everybody started out in the same courses, the same assignments, everything. And then you got to choose, I believe, at the end of your first year. And by then I had been on set enough that I was like, Oh, I don't like facts. And I don't like directing. <laughs> So I'm a writer. (laughs) I'm a screenwriter.
0: I I always liked screenwriting and pre-production because I say nothing can go wrong. We're just spitting out ideas. If you don't like it, we can change it. It's so inexpensive. I don't have to worry about giant numbers. There's not people waiting on me to make a decision. All of that as a a high-anxiety person. It's much nicer it's to just be sitting alone in a, in
1: a room typing out your story. I know. Or sitting around the table with your actor friends, reading the script and working with producers and all that stuff.
0: Definitely. Which is, so. can be fun and exciting. I don't want to discourage you. But if you have a high <laughs> level of anxiety, it just might not work for you. You know what I mean? And that's totally okay. Yeah. Um, so, *Romancing the Stone*. Things that stand out to me about that film is like super strong female protagonists. I remember of watching with my dad and being like, "Oh, this is yeah. like a whole yeah. person. That's yep. amazing." In mm-hmm. a romance, which at that point in time, romance, I was only experiencing in Shakespeare. Like these kind of yeah. fully fledged women who were still able to have these romantic entanglements and relationships. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh... what is her name? She does all of the Meryl Streep style like rich white lady movies. I can't think of writer. Yeah, she's writer director oh man why can't i think of her
1: name can you give a movie Uh, i heard meryl streep it's complicated (laughs) Um. Oh, Nancy Myers. Shire Myers. I Shire, wanted to say Meier, Meier, Stephanie Myers, and I'm like, no. she definitely
0: wrote the Twilight books. So yes, Nancy Myers. Um, yes. those were kind of the places where I was able to discover these things. Yeah. So I'm curious. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that *Romancing the Stone* is a movie that had a powerful effect on you, knowing you as I do. Um, <laughs> what kind of stories were you interested in telling right away?
1: Um, I wanted to tell stories about. Transcending borders and boundaries. Mm-hmm. That was incredibly important to me. And now, looking back on Joan Wilder and the character that she plays in Romancing the Stone, it's like, of course. That was appealing to me. Of course, travel. But travel doesn't have to be getting on a plane and going somewhere. Travel can be going into a new phase of your life or a new Mm. job or a new situation. It's challenging yourself in different ways. And I felt very strongly that I wanted to tell stories about... That were more about women breaking out of those boundaries, which is why I chose Moana for the <laughs> opening music, y'all. Yep. That right there. Um, and something else that's really, that uh, is interesting about Romancing the Stone mm-hmm. in particular is that it also started and ended in New York City. And I desperately wanted to move to New York City. Oh, I mean, same. I was like, I, that is where my life is going to go. I was like 13, 14 years old in Mobile, Alabama. And I was like, I am moving to New York City. So I grew up like, my backyard was cornfields, as I like to say. <laughs> and I the same too. I was like,
0: big lights, big city. Uh, yep. At that age, I was all about Broadway. But by the time I reached oh. my senior year of high school, my drama teacher was like, look, I think you're a director. And not an actress. Like, no, she pulled me aside. Her sister's a casting director. They were like, yeah. look, we want you to focus on directing. Like, you need to be telling stories. You're always bossing people around. Like, channel that energy. Oh, my
1: <laughs> and God. So that's
0: how I wound up
1: were you bossy? making
0: films. Uh, they call me Mama Bear. Like, I'll put it that way. I'm totally bossy. To I this mean, day. To this day. That's how we get things done. <laughs> you gotta. I, I embrace absolutely. my bossiness. You know, it's cool. You know, I'm a... We're both very nice people. Yep. We just have an idea yep. of how things should be done. And we're not afraid to express it. We are not.
1: <laughs> I, every time I hear the word bossy, I think of that Beyonce quote where somebody was like, you're bossy. And she said, I'm the boss. Yes. <laughs> it's like Lauren Conrad. No to everybody.
0: <laughs> she's the boss. Someone asked Lauren Conrad <laughs> yeah. um, and during a radio interview, uh, she's CEO of a fashion company. Uh-huh. They're like, oh, what's your favorite position? And she was like, CEO. <laughs> Just without missing a beat, she was like, come at me, bro. Was
1: that supposed <laughs> to be some, like, weird sexual thing? Yes, oh. definitely. Because this is
0: how women in the business are often
1: treated. Shut
0: down. Yeah, he no, hardcore. Shut <laughs>
1: down. <laughs>
0: she became a little bit my hero in that moment. I was like, wow, without flinching. Who would have guessed?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was she on? Uh, it wasn't the, the hills. OC. It was the Hill. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Uh, now she's yeah. got her own fashion company. She's
0: married to a football player. She's doing good in life. And she's a CEO. She is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Put respect on her name. Yep. Uh, so, you watch Romantic Stone, you're telling yes. stories of women breaking barriers. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. Say, you know, travel and breaking barriers is important to you because that's kind of what I see you doing now with festivals and things. I know your first Thank festival you. was... Telluride, right? Oh gosh, yes. Telluride. How is that your first festival? I know, like I can't I even know. tell you how jealous I am <laughs> that your your
1: introduction to the festival world was Telluride. I know, I know, and to be honest, spoiled. I am spoiled. <laughs> I'm like, ah, uh, spoiled. Okay, so the first thing is that um, when I started out in film school, it was a Different world. There were dinosaurs roaming the planet. <laughs>
0: Get out of here, cricket no. Um,
1: there were not. You guys, I'm not a thousand years old. <laughs> um, but it was it was the early nineties, and there it was just a different landscape. Hmm. And so I say this because I think I see a lot of young filmmakers trying to apply to film festivals, and they're like, There are five thousand. I'm like, dude, I know, like, I feel you. That is some serious numberage right there. But um, how I got involved with Telluride is through the chair of the Columbia Film Division at the time, Annette Ensdorf, who is still an instructor there, a professor there. And she is the moderator for all the panels, Ooh. all the panel discussions. And What a
0: sweet gig. It's a
1: sweet gig. And I don't, know if you know what Tolurat is like, but it's really they are so badass. Am I allowed to say badass in there? I said badass. Which camera are we on? The top <laughs> one or the low one? I want to say badass. Badass. Yep. Um they do not release their slate of films. Until the day the festival starts, what a scramble! I want you to I want you to sit and think about this for a moment
0: because we plan our like I, yes. I go with a bunch of people to different you know festivals, um, usually two or three times a year. And I know like let's take a, one mm-hmm. that's coming up, South by Southwest is slowly starting to ink out their names. Yes, I saw uh, that. Slowly, PR people who are ready to promote their movie start slinking out to journalists, like, hey, maybe come check out this yep. movie. And you slowly start building a calendar, and eventually the calendar becomes nuts because you're like, well, there's a chance I don't get into this movie, so I can run across the street yep. to see this movie in fifteen minutes. And and you have to have that calendar because it's life or death. A lot of times they won't right. rescreen a film, so you maybe have one or two chances yep. to see it. So okay, walk me through the process of day of <laughs> making this calendar.
1: So you guys, the rest of this show is going to be about me explaining this. Um, <laughs> And telling you how awesome it is. Um, so here's the thing. So Telluride, you have to understand the location. It okay. is in a box canyon, like two, three hours from the nearest international airport.
0: It is, like, far
1: off the beaten path. Telluride does have its own airport. But I'm pretty sure... No, it can't be international. It's tiny. It's tiny. Um, So, the... I can't remember what was the first year they did it. But they're in their 40s. Okay. And um, it was just... A bunch of friends and this married couple, Bill and Stella Pence, uh, who were out of Dartmouth University in New Hampshire, had bought this amazing opera house that served the mining community of Telluride, like, in the late 1800s and the 1900s. What? This is amazing. I know. Yeah, this is, like, the craziest story. Um And I apologize to any Telluridians watching this for any details that I get wrong. But (laughs) remember, I don't like facts. I like emotion. And I like heart. (laughs) Yes. 90% of what I'm going to say is true. Um, So, yeah. So they bought this opera house. And at that point, Telluride... I mean, it must have been the late 60s, early 70s, and it was a dying town. It was not a ski village. It was just like, you know, you're from the Midwest. It's like old mining town. Yeah, when people just, like, leave to go to the big city for economic um, purposes. So Bill and Stella bought the opera house. It is still there today. It is the sort of it is it's the starting point of the Telluride Film Festival, and there uh, the festival has this um, logo that says "Show," and it's it looks like a medallion. Well, that show medallion was, and still is, the light and the sign on the Opera House, and any night there was a show. The light, it would be lit up so that on the mountainsides around, in all these little communities, people could see wow. and come down.
0: Okay. Wow. Wow. So, okay. You don't know this about me yet, but I'm, like, obsessed with Western culture. Like, Manifest Destiny, oh, uh, as awful wow. and destructive as it can be, it's such yeah. a fascinating uh belief system and then watching especially how women and minorities were able to help build these towns up and like establish homes and things like it it, to me it's what the great westerns are missing are those angles so this is all very like incredibly fascinating is the opera house serve as their like main showcase theater is that like where all the big screenings are
1: well, so here's the deal. The opera house is tiny mm-hmm. and it real it was not designed as a movie theater. And so it's where the big honorary like not memorials, but the big uh, they do tributes every uh, year to certain, okay, and that's okay. where, where the first one is. Wow. Um and and I say all this to say that like Telluride is one of the oldest film festivals in the world, but it also has one of the most, I think, unique histories in that and where it's set up and so Bill and Stella were like we're just going to program some films Tom Letty was involved with this um, and out of uh, the the West Coast and they just started it as a cinephiles festival so this would have been 70s 70s I believe yeah and their thing was we're just not going to announce it so they built up a community of fans who were cinephiles, and because it's so, it's what I like to call a destination film festival. Yeah, and you just have to go and trust.
0: I love the model of uh, build it, and they will come. Build, build they it, come. and they this will. It's incredible. Yeah, yep. totally <laughs> Telluride Film Festival.
1: Style, fascinating.
0: Y'all. Okay, yeah. so what's your first job at Telluride?
1: So the first year that I went, it was actually as a student. Now there is a very very. Amazing student program at Telluride. This festival is generally four to five days long. It's over Labor Day weekend, and uh it, it's a short festival. It's short. It? Wow, but Telluride is so unique. Uh, absolutely. It is. It's super short, jam packed. They transform these other theater, other spaces into theaters. Is it and like Sundance,
0: Sun where like it's high schools and yes, random people's houses? Exactly. Okay. <laughs>
1: Note to everyone: Word on the street is that Robert Redford tried to buy Sundance. I mean, buy Telluride Whoa. before he started Sundance in Whoa. Park City. I heard that rumor. I like this rumor; it must be true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> again, back to facts. Yes, yes it's getting a, back a to good fact. story. Yes,
1: <laughs> it's a good story. I know Joel's never going to invite me back again. I'll invite you back so fast, are so full of all sorts <laughs> of ridiculousness. Yeah, so they have to essentially like transform multiple spaces into movie theaters so they need a lot of labor Mm -hmm. and the first year that I went it was through the student program and I just saw films for free and they still do this Um, you have to apply there's a very rigorous uh, application process you have to be either an undergrad or graduate student and get recommendations and everything so I went to Telluride um, the first year with this program and I wish I could remember who was there exactly. I've been like ten times since that first time, and it all like blurs together. I understand? And um, often the things that end up at possibly were premiered at can get their North American premiere at Telluride, and then go to Toronto which is a couple of weeks after Telluride in September, or they go to the New York Film Festival. Mm -hmm. So after that first year as a student, I applied to go back as an intern, which in Telluride they call dogs, the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) And I, for about seven years in a row, I would go out there for about six to eight weeks, live there. And, um, help build theaters, help just, I was on the production team.
0: That's incredible. It was
1: an amazing experience. So I'm also
0: a huge Mm -hmm. advocate for students taking part in these student related programs. festivals, Because that's how I got my start in festivals. My first festival was, well, technically my first festival was Chicago international film festival. Mm -hmm. They had a partnership with the school I Mm -hmm. went to um, and so I was there, you know, passing out the flyers and stuff, seeing yeah. a couple of things. But it felt like I worked at the movie theater where parts of the Chicago... Inter- it, it felt more like just being at work than a festival. Right. It was hard to get swept up into yeah. all the emotions. So my after that, I went to Cannes with their student program, with the American Pavilion. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I cannot recommend it enough. It was like two weeks. You'd work like four to six hours a day at the Pavilion. So like I was working coffee It just (laughs) the English taught me how to make an actual cup of tea. They were like, Americans, come here. This is not how you do it. So I learned and it was fun. But then after that, it was just go watch movies all day, every day. And then on top of that, you're with your contemporaries, your peers all day, all night. So I booked... Uh, I was roomed with three girls who I'm still, like, really good friends with today. Um, And we would just go see movies every day. Like, great movies, terrible movies, movies I did not understand. Mm -hmm. But getting to consume all of that is such an important factor. Obviously, you're an advocate for Telluride. (laughs) Are there other programs our students should be looking at like this? Are there other, like, really good, reputable ones with film festivals that you point to and say, you
1: know, try applying there? Well, Telluride is definitely amazing. And I think that... Different festivals do things differently with students. Um, our students are in sort of a challenging situation because we run semester three semesters a year, mm. and so it's hard to align festival attendance with classes class attendance. Uh, so that that's a little bit of a tricky thing. But South by Southwest has some student programs. Um, the uh, I I would say that that's that's a really good one to look at. Um, And we have some alliances here in L.A. with a couple of things where we can get students free tickets. Yeah, And we're starting to explore more volunteer opportunities and more educational opportunities. But, yeah, I think it's an amazing thing.
0: It's definitely amazing. Um, And I think it was vital to my understanding of what it was up, not only what I was up against competition-wise mm. as I was applying, oh, yeah. but it gave me a full understanding of like, oh, I can literally make any kind of film. It just needs to be mm. at about this quality level yep. and it needs to be my distinct voice which is what, what I walked away from. Yeah. Um, because you see a lot of stuff, stuff you're gonna like, stuff you're not gonna like, but what you notice about all of it is like, it's well-constructed and it comes from a very informed place. Like, it's, mm. it's very much that person's vision. No one else could have made that movie. And I feel like, and Craig me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's what festivals are really looking for—something that is distinctly you. Yes,
1: I. Okay, so this is this is a question that people talk about a lot. Like, <laughs> what kind of movie should I make? And I'm like, oh, one that you want to spend a couple of years on, buddy. Mm. Uh, so the the good news about there being over five thousand festivals is that there's definitely a festival for your film. Like, once you have created a work that works on whatever what whatever, of blah, 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 whatever level um, then it why not get it out there into the world there everybody wants to go to Sundance that that is something that i hear all the time it's like i really want to get into Sundance well Sundance accepts less than 1% of the submissions of short films so everybody's chances are very, 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 itty bitty, very itty bitty, bitty, bitty bitty, <laughs> bitty, bitty, However, and this is really interesting. I think that there are ways to target, to strategize, and get your work out there to festivals and build them that are maybe la, not the tier one, like the Sundance, the Can, the Tribeca, etc. cetera. Um, maybe not tier one, but help get you to tier one. Yeah. So if you've made a genre-fest film, then why not submit to all the horror and sci-fi? So if you're making that kind of film, great. But there's a lot that's out there.
0: I see. That's a really interesting approach, uh, especially because you're targeting your film then to its central audience. Like, yes. people that are diehard sci-fi fans are going to be yep. going to these festivals. They'll have eyes on you. They'll get to know you mm-hmm. as a, um, a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I guess, kind of brings us to how important is it to attend the film festivals that you're accepted into? And if yeah. you're going to attend, what items or, or promotional materials mm-hmm. or people should you bring to the festival to help promote your film?
1: Uh... Attend, bring a million dollars, and (laughs) your best friend. Okay, half of that, two-thirds of that is bad, bad, bad advice. Um, Okay, so here's something that happens pretty regularly. I meet with students. uh, I get an email from a student who says, I'm so excited I just finished my thesis film, and I really want to send it to festivals. And can I meet with you? And I have this wonderful questionnaire I ask all sorts of questions and then I watch the film and start to try to get an idea of where could this go based on all sorts of things, Joelle. Like, where is the director from? Oh. Where do they want to go in the world? Um, where do they have friends that they can stay with if they got into a festival? All that sort of stuff. Um, and and I have this conversation: uh, is the is the director a veteran? Is the director a woman? Is the director of color? Is the director gay, LGBTQ? Like, I I, I try to figure out, like, who is this person? Not only what is the film, but who is the person who made the film? and then try to strategize. Is this person Indian or Brazilian or, you know, because in LA we have the LA Indian film festival. We have the LA Brazilian film festival. There are so many Italian cinema style is coming yes. up very soon. Yep. We have a great relationship with those guys. Like there's just a lot. And so that's why when people say to me, I really just want to get into Sundance, I, I say, let's take a step back and look at like, what all the opportunities are. Um, Which is again not to say that your film isn't of
0: Sundance quality, but even the guy that won the animated portion Mm. of Sundance this year, I think his film already had distribution. um, Was already a company was looking at like he was so far like ahead of where I thought someone entering a festival. Should be, which I think just speaks to the high caliber of competition that you're entering in. And, you know, if you're going, it helps to have those laurels behind you, certainly.
1: Oh, my gosh. It so does. Okay, so wait. I've got – I still want to answer your question about what to take. Um, We're going to come back to that. You guys, (laughs) this is what to take. I'm going to put it right there so I can't get it, so we'll get to it. Um, Let's talk about Sundance, to be honest. Okay. All right. So you know what uh, premier status is? Yes. I am going to explain it to your viewers. Please do. For those of you watching at home, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it means that your your film premieres at a certain festival. And so they have world premiere status, which means that a festival requires that the film premiere for the first time in public Mm. at this festival. I'm talking to you, Cannes Film Festival. I'm talking to you, baby. Um, (laughs) And then you have... you know, like North American, That's you might tiff. have American, you might mm-hmm. have Canadian, you might have European, you might get down to the state level, like, or LA, like, mm-hmm. this must be an LA premiere. Copy. So there are so many different levels of premiere status, and anybody who's applying to film festivals needs to read the fine print to find out what what the festival is requiring. Oh, no, you gotta put your producer hat on. You all that, that fine reading, you, oh, you know. Lord, I'm exhausted thinking about <laughs> it. For somebody who said she hates facts, I spend a lot of time <laughs> dealing with legal documents <laughs> and I always highlight them and write special notes so I don't forget. It's important. <laughs> so, but the thing is that Sundance for short films does not require premiere status. Interesting. For features, yes. For features, yes, y'all. But for short films, they don't require that. And there's this great book called um, How Not to Write a Short Film. And I'm so embarrassed I can't remember the author's name right now. I apologize, author of that great book. Uh, She was a Sundance Shorts programmer. And so she took her experience and turned it into a book about how not to write how a short have I film. I never heard about this book. I know, right? Where did you get this? Well, part of it, at least the version that I saw was from like 2008 ish. Okay. And so there are technology elements that no longer apply at all. Like Coffee. nobody's mailing DVDs. Thank <laughs> you, Film Freeway, and without a box. <laughs> um yeah, so there are things that aren't as applicable, mm-hmm. but so much of it is. And she makes the point that Sundance doesn't feel like short films, they should require a world premiere for short films because the life of a short film is very limited mm-hmm. unlike a feature. Mm-hmm and that's changed a little bit with the rise of you know online digital streaming content yeah. absolutely it it has changed so it's not exactly the way it was back then but Sundance doesn't require world premiere interesting so what that means it doesn't even require north american premiere so what that means is that you can work on getting your film into other festivals And then what happens is that programmers talk to each other. They look at what each other are programming. They go to each other's festivals. And so you can actually build a word of mouth around your film. Wow! And then even, no lie, get invited to a festival as opposed to having to submit. Yes.
0: That. That's like my dream is like in your inbox, like, Hey, we just want to like, no, no headache. I know. You're accepted already. Just
1: send us these materials back. Like what? Right? Yep. <laughs> Sensational. Yeah. And you know, to, to the extent that sometimes programmers at one festival will judge another. I, I, it's an re- incestuous it, community. It, everybody knows everybody. It's a, it's a small community. Yeah. And so you could, so last year, 2017 Palm Springs Shorts Fest, which y'all is coming up in June. Submissions are open. Get on that. That's an amazing <laughs> Oscar qualifying film festival. You heard it now. It is in June in the desert and it's hot out there. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to take it.
0: Dressing appropriately is also like festival guideline 101. <laughs> <laughs> Like, South by Southwest, <laughs> where theaters can be, like, five miles apart. Like, mm, it's oh, hot. It's, yeah. even though it's early spring, it's still, like, ungodly. It's March. <laughs> I It's know. so much.
1: And I have a girlfriend who went to Cannes one year, and she was like, I have to wear heels everywhere, but I'm going to go get dancer shoes because they're stronger. <laughs>
0: well, and they're, you're on the plaza there, so it's all old, cobbled brick streets and, and they're like, you have to dress to the nine. You're like, it is noon on a Thursday, bro. I'm just <laughs> trying to see a movie. I don't want to be in full ball gown. This is so much.
1: Uh, I can tell you I have already broken my ankle just thinking about walking <laughs> on that in high heels. Yeah, um, so I just
0: stayed at the main, the Lumiere Theater, because they were like, just like, down this alley and three doors down. No, it's fine. If it's not here, I'll catch it later. Um, oh, okay, wow. so let's talk about
1: things you should bring once you're accepted. I Yes. Once you are accepted. Okay. So first of all, bring a good attitude. I know I oh. sound like a kindergarten teacher. I know I do. It's not I something I, I would have thought to pack. I know. You well, you already have yours, oh, naturally. You. you just you just carry yours around with you. <laughs> Me, I have to go buy it at like honey on store store. Take it along. Um no, uh okay, so let's talk about the practical and let's talk about the sort of, you know, metaphorical uh Uh, I do think that going to film festivals is important for a couple of reasons. More often than not, what I hear young filmmakers want is a job from someone. Mm. So what you should bring to the festival is the understanding that that's not the right thing to look for. (laughs) You may end up getting a job out of this. Uh, Of course you want a job. We all want a job. But what you really want is the experience of having people, total strangers, watch your film, react to it. And respond to it because yes, you want a job, but you are also an artist and chances are that you have been developing this project with a pretty limited team of people. And by that, I mean, like if, if you're a student, there will be maybe a dozen instructors and maybe 30 people in your class, uh, or and around that, like, and then your crew and everything. And, and, anyone who has seen the film and given you feedback on a cut is probably someone who loves you. So, I mean, I hope they love you. (laughs) I hope they do. So when you go to festivals, this is your opportunity to interact with the public. And that's ultimately, that's the big goal. Yeah. Not an Oscar. I know everybody wants an Oscar. I do too. (laughs) I'm still looking for mine, but what we really want is, is to have an impact with our work. So going to festivals and say, and being open for those conversations, um, being, um, um, if your film is programmed, chances are you're going to end up on some sort of Q&A session. Uh, this is a, people will be asking you questions. Total strangers. I can't
0: tell you guys how important it is to panel if you get an opportunity. Yes. I uh, am yes. not currently making films, but mm-hmm. I am hosting in the public a lot. And every yeah. time I panel, like, the connections built from the people on yep. the panel, from the people watching the mm-hmm. panel, it's incredibly impactful to your career. Like, literally, no matter what yeah. it is, if someone asks you to do a
1: panel at any kind of size event, you should take the opportunity and do it. So, I went to a transportation conference recently. Okay, so you guys... <laughs> I almost fell asleep. What? <laughs> transportation conference? I know. She's like, now we're talking about transportation. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's my obsession currently, besides film festivals. Um, Yes, uh, I'm very obsessed with transportation, uh, public transportation, and the future in particular, as we see uh, Los Angeles growing and committing to more of that. Which is insane. It's so crazy. And actually, one of the projects that I'm working on is a non-narrative sort of experimental doc on uh utilizing footage that i've taken over the last two years that is completed i want you to come (laughs) back here and talk to us about it that sounds fascinating i'm so excited i mean i didn't really like i did not mean to bring that up but it gets to the issue of paneling because i got up and asked a question of a really top-notch panel of, you know, government officials, Silicon Valley venture capitalists, and they all did this thing of, like, <laughs> boom. <laughs> and I was able to go back in to talk my way into the green room afterwards Ooh. and got all those people's business cards and set up meetings with them. And so, yeah, and, and that's, a, that's, I think, another thing, even if you don't have a film in a panel, And you are deeply interested in a film or a filmmaker, and they are on a panel, get up in front of that panel and ask your burning questions. There's
0: always gonna be a hesitation lull. Like, don't be afraid to be that first person. That's exactly
1: what Matt Conan says, who's another filmmaking instructor. I might have stolen that from
0: Matt Conan. I'm not even gonna lie. I don't know. But it's a real, it's a universal truth. So, how can you steal a universal truth? I'm just passing on his tasty morsels, which is like, First of all, they're gonna remember you, like yep. you were the first person, especially if they're younger or newer mm-hmm. uh, filmmakers. I met the filmmaker of uh, *Beasts of No Nation*. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I think was like his second large, you know, big picture. Yep. But still, like he he was still at that stage where he was just like, exc- like people are like, oh, he watched my movie, right? <laughs>
1: like, I know that's exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. That's so exciting. And, and yeah, so I think that, you know, back to the question of what should you take to a film festival? It's like, take this desire to learn about yourself and your work in public. I think that's critical. And then um, I do think... Some people are great at going to festivals by themselves. Some people want a friend. Like mm. it is it is work. There are a lot of parties at a lot of these festivals. Which you think sounds fun, but I'm telling you like it's you're you're always in work mode. It's work mode. It's exhausting. Uh I just saw uh, when I went to the cinema Italian style mm-hmm. festival, we went to that yeah, together. We sure did. Yeah. It was a and good that time. Was, that was a good time. It was my that first was Michelin
0: star meal. I was good good really excited about food.
1: it. There was food after the screening, but I remember watching that filmmaker. He did not sit down once to eat at that dinner. He yeah. walked from table to table because his film was, uh, uh, Italy's submission for the Oscars. And he went from table to table, Um, so yes, that's that. Uh, there's a lot of conversation about press kits. Electronic press kits. Yes. Uh, yes. No, I think that there is a difference between having a short film and a feature film. If you're doing a feature film, you definitely need the more traditional version of the press kit with everybody's bios and contact information because you may be trying to get distribution for your feature film, especially at something like Sundance. Um or Sundance is a big one. Can is a big one. Those are the ones where people are going to these festivals because it's also partially a market. But for short films, I think you can go with something much more streamlined, uh, a press kit with you, writer, director, producer bios, actor bios, full credits, and, um, Maybe a director's mission statement or a mission statement, that sort of thing. But what I think is really important, and this is gonna sound old school and kind of cheesy, go with the postcard. Those were so helpful,
0: right? I can't even. So, like when I went, we did we did like a movie set, sa- a movie poster. Mm-hmm. Um, we went wide instead of long, though. Um, okay. It was a close up of my actress's eyes. All of the, like, details of the cast and crew below. And then on the back, just where you can find us, what school I was a part of, and where. a Brief detail of like where I was going to be at the festivals. If you want to find me, I am around. And I can't tell you, like, the the film didn't wind up getting picked up or bought. But just, it was a great stepping stone to get into a lot of conversations. Uh, I was in the short film corner at Cannes, so... P- uh, that is yes. where people can just upload your movie onto a film, uh, onto a computer screen yep. essentially and watch and it. And watch it right so there. It great to be like, just yep. go and watch, just go and watch, just mm-hmm. go and watch. Um, they're incredibly helpful. They're incredibly good helpful. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like a business card. And so, yeah. So on one side, it's like essentially the poster for your film only in postcard size. Yeah. And then on the back, did you have special postcards printed for each film? or each festival that you went to, or did you leave it Yeah, blank? yeah. No, for each festival. We went to four, I think. We did Sao Paulo, Cannes, Chicago, okay. and then a smaller one in Illinois. So each okay. one had its own. Because, th- which is great. And you can also print that one side completely white and then run, you know those stickers that you can put, the labels that you can put yeah. through a printer? Just stick
0: them then on. Then you just
1: do a different one for that each thank festival. you so much in printing. That is so smart. Right? So you don't, so you can just, and you, that lets you be um, more flexible with yes. what you're putting on there. And I, I I, think that's a really good one. That's, that's so a good smart. Hit.
0: You have talked about, oh no, this is Kim's story. Uh, Kim Ogletree was here a couple of episodes ago, but she spoke about- We look she, exactly alike, y'all. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> They look nothing alike. Um, <laughs> I'm but, kidding. <laughs> but uh, Kim remembers specific so- films based off of the merch they brought. So, like, yeah. there's one film she remembers where the girl brought fortune cookies mm-hmm. and handed them out. you could snap open the fortune cookie. There was additional information about the film inside of the fortune cookie, which she thought was crazy and has stuck with her for years. There was another film where they brought a live pig to the film festival to promote the movie. That's and it's just, so crazy. Like maybe you'll have that. to bring farm animals, but trying to be creative yeah. in in what you bring to express about your film just help you stick out. Because again, as you say, there are not just yep. the five thousand film festivals, but at each film festival there are multiple layers of it exactly. and multiple movies. It can yeah. be hard to
1: to stick out. Yeah, it really can. And you know that that does bring up a couple of questions that I have, and one is like finances. I think that something that people sometimes do it is heartbreaking to me when a filmmaker writes me and says cricket i want to go to film festivals but i have no money i spent it all on my film and ah. i all i can apply to is free film festivals and i i just kind of shudder i am sure that there's some amazing free film festivals out there i hope i'm not offending anyone but really if I think you. we all need to just remember that we want an audience for our films. And yes, you can get one on YouTube, but then you have to market it like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get eyes on things. I mean, Joelle's in social media. You, can, you know how yeah, hard it is to get eyes on anything mm-hmm. these days. And so, yeah, festivals are still just a great way to do that. So, how much money,
0: let's say a short, like a typical Mm -hmm. student short. um, Let's say you spend two grand on your short. What should your budget roughly be for festivals?
1: Okay. So, I don't have an exact answer for you. But I'm going to put it to you this way. Uh, Every festival has various deadlines. Mm. They usually have an early bird deadline, a regular deadline, and a late deadline. And each of those deadlines has a different for submission so if you do early bird it may be $25 if you do regular it may be $50 if you do late it may be $75 so your objective is to hit early bird deadlines Copy. And so if you've got $500, no, let's say you have $750. Okay. <laughs> all right. Make this easy for me. <laughs> I don't like facts. And I don't like math either. <laughs> my friends We're artists. Damn it. Oh, I know. Everybody's going to be like, what do you do? <laughs> um, $750. That's 10 submissions. If you're hitting late, late. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're hitting early, it's, 30 submissions. Copy that. Okay, so that's one of the things that you want to do. Now, I was talking to Gabriella Mm -hmm. in Alumni Affairs yesterday, and she told me, and I totally agree with this, you really want to submit late in the early bird deadline if Mm. you can so you get that early bird price. But if you go too early... The programmers are still a little green they're and conservative fresh, too. and they're conservative. So you kind of want to hit late. So there's in a sweet the early spot. bird. There so is. maybe like two yeah. or three
0: days at the end of the early bird. She you know, said the day before. The day before. Okay. What well, with electronic uh, applications, that's a little bit more feasible now. We're yes. not guessing when we yep. ship them off. It uh, says eleven fifty
1: eight p.m.
0: So I sent it on time. <laughs> yes. I'm only to be charged twenty five dollars. Yep. Okay. Excellent. Okay. So we've applied, we've promoted Mm -hmm. while there. Yes. Now, let's say worst case scenario, you, you you do like three or four really good film festivals. Mm-hmm. Your film is out there. It's good, but you you don't get picked up for distribution right. or anything. You've met good people. Yes. You've got good contacts. Is it follow-up thank-you letters? Is it... Uh, someone the other day recommended, you know, Great if you question. go to a festival, have a script ready to present for the next thing. Oh, What's the best approach?
1: Yes. Okay. Alright. Hold on. I have to shift in my chair. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm prepared pairing (laughs) okay okay all right oh i think i went down (laughs) i don't know what's happening here um ah yes okay so obviously you want to get a job so back when i was saying earlier that you really just want to have people respond to your work the other aspect of this the other objective i believe is to network Mm -hmm. um some people will somehow walk out with a job Mm -hmm. it may not be as director it may be as something else maybe doing something else uh but yes if you're a director then you need to have your next project going so it's really important to have another project And the further along it is, the better. Uh, Matt Arnold, who used to teach at NYFA, excuse me, he had a very successful short film. And... Has talked very openly about how he squandered the opportunity uh, because he just didn't have another project. And he's a really talented writer. He 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 said it took him a long time to sort of resuscitate the energy around his big mm. festival mm. run. Mm. And he ha- he's been very successful at this point. He sold uh, the show Siberia yeah. that ended up at NBC and Emerald City also at NBC. So, but he's like, you've got to be. Ready. Uh, I don't think that that should stop anyone from applying to festivals. I think that you just want to be aware that you need to have your next ideas going. Copy. Okay,
0: all right. So we've gotten you guys through your first film festival, essentially. Like, you want to go as a yes. student, preferably just to experience the culture of a film festival. Then you need to make your film. While you're making that film, you need to make sure you're gathering all the materials for a good press kit and that you've set aside some money for in order to be able to apply the festivals that you experienced that you liked when you were a student you want to apply early bird but right toward the end of that so your film doesn't get too you know Mm -hmm. lost and washed. then you also want to make sure that you're promoting the film in ways that will help you stick out um, and be memorable and then finally network have a good attitude have your next film ready You guys are ready
1: to go to your first film festival. You're ready to go. Oh, and I just want to add on the budget thing that if you want to travel to festivals, you'd need to have some budget there. Mm -hmm. Just remember, guys, that there are over 75 great festivals around the Southern California area so you could just apply here and just do like day trips it would be great it would be awesome
0: again don't be afraid of those smaller film festivals I agree people go as we talked about earlier it's a small community yeah. so the judge there might be on the board somewhere else yep. at the very least we'll, we'll probably continue to rise and circulate at other festivals Absolutely. so just because it's small doesn't mean it's any less of an award or praise for your film um and you'll be able to I talk agree. to people who will hopefully be interested and invested in your next project mm-hmm. which in, as you guys know it's always about what you're doing next. What are you doing next? Cricket, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and walking us through festival thank process. You. I learned so much today. This was really exciting. It and was so
1: fun to be here. Thank
0: you. When you're ready to show your doc off we have you come back. <laughs> Seriously because that's so fascinating. You're a screenwriter you were a journalist. Now you're you work with festivals and now you're doing docs. Like it's, you do so much and it's all kind of so integrated and it's exciting thank you again I for being it. here
1: thank you this was so much fun and good luck everybody definitely we'll see you guys next week uh
0: we're not sure who our guest is going to be yet but i promise you it's going to be someone fun so join us next week right here on popcorn talk for the NIFA hour thanks guys
1: from producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network I'd like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit
0: PopcornTalk.com. I'm Super Richard Wetworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.
1: The views expressed here are those of the host's so not necessarily reflect the views of
0: the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.